Oh, fuck. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Well, hi Ray. <laughs> Hello, Cam. What the fuck, America? Uh, well, I think um, white men who haven't voted in a very long time since 1980 came out of the wherever they were, they were hiding for the last 20 some years, or actually longer than that, 35, 36 years, and voted their asses off. So the white people put Trump in power. So as a white person, I would like to say, I'm I'm sorry, everybody. I'm really sorry. So, folks, um, I suggested to Ray that we do a special episode today to commemorate this event. Uh, I think we all appreciate that this is probably one of the most significant political events in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it doesn't turn out to be as cataclysmic as many people think it will be, it's certainly... <laughs> I think it will. You give it enough time. Anyway, even, please go ahead. Even if it doesn't, I mean, it is right. s- still a momentous uh, 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 circumstance. I mean, this guy defeated the entire political establishment of both parties in the U.S., right. Absolutely. Um, with pretty much no money, no fun, no funding, making he didn't have every, to, yeah. every possible mistake, you would think it was a mistake, <laughs> talking just off-the-cuff shit, uh, like completely breaking every rule there is. And lying and, 71% of the time and still got in. And not only got in, but you know, got in by a landslide in terms of electoral college votes anyway. And it looks today, we're recording this on uh, 11th of November, my time in the morning, late night, 10th of November in the US. It looks like he's going to win the popular vote as well as the postal votes are being tallied. Uh, If not, it'll be very close. So um, we're not going to talk about Caesar today. Um, (laughs) We're not going to... We're talking uh, about the new Caesar. Unless it comes up as analogy, but um, so if, if you're not interested in hearing Ray and I talk about Trump and what's just happened in the US, yeah, our take on it after a couple of days of thinking about it, and I have done a lot of thinking and discussion with my wife, who's American, as you know, and lots of mm-hmm. friends online, lots of debate. Um, I've got stats, I've got data. I'm going to do my best to try and explain it. Um, it's funny, you know, about a week ago, I think, Ray and I were recording a show and we started predicting what we thought would happen. What did you predict? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I predicted that uh, Hillary would win because, um, I mean, we have, and I, when I say we, I mean the Democrats, we rigged the fucking system so he wouldn't win. So I predicted that she would win. I predicted that there would be some trouble on the election night. There was something in California. Two people were, one person was shot and two people were um, wounded at a polling station. They had to shut it down. Uh, but I, I think, from what I can tell, that was it. Um, that that she would win. Uh, there would be some trouble, and that he would hopefully go away. And I was slightly wrong. I think I predicted it would be close. I thought mm-hmm. she would win, but it would be very, very close. Um, right. As it turns out, we were both wrong. I. I picked up the whole uh, world was wrong. So the uh, on election day, um, I picked up one of my sons, one of my sixteen year old boys, Hunter, and I was taking him down to the shops to actually get some old films developed. Films he's been had sitting in his drawer for like ten years, and uh, uh, he said, "Oh, I just saw on the news that uh, looks they're predicting Trump's going to win." And I was like, oh get out of here, man. Like, that's just no way. Don't You can't listen to Channel 9 News. They're a bunch of idiots. No no possible way. Because I, when I woke up that morning and I looked at you know, the election had started the previous evening, our time. Uh, I looked, I woke up that morning, had a look at the news. They're all going, oh, it's, Clinton's going to, it's going to be a landslide for Clinton. All the, <laughs> all the pundits were saying it's going to be a landslide. I was like, no way. Anyway, so we're obviously all in the shop. But anyway, let me, let me. 
break it down as best as I understand it. Um, Well, first of all, we know that this is the least amount of people that voted in the United States since 1932, at least. Mm. Um, I've got the data going back as far as 1932. uh, 1932, 52.6 of the voting age population voted. Ever since then, it's kind of hovered between 50 and 60%. I think the highest yeah. was in 1960, which would have been JFK versus Nixon, mm-hmm. 62.8% that year. Um, but this year it was 48.62% of the voting age population voted. Mm-hmm. So the lowest turnout in 90 years, 80 years in the United States. Uh, so that's the first problem is people just were like, you know what, fuck it. We're not, we're not voting. These, these, but we don't like either of these people. Right. We knew all along that they were the two most disliked candidates in uh, U.S. presidential candidate history. If I could just add on to that real quick, I did hear one. I don't have the exact number. I apologize. Um, that for all the people who had decided very late in the game, like maybe days before the vote. Obviously, the majority of them went with Trump and the attitude of Americans. And I and I totally get this is like the system is so screwed up. Um, if I'm going to vote counter to whatever, I'm going to I'm going to go for breaking the whole damn house. So I'm going to vote for Trump just to smash it to pieces because it's got to change because it's not they're not doing what they're supposed to be. No matter what your um, political ideology is they're not helping anybody they're not helping they're only helping themselves they vote themselves raises they vote down raising the minimum wage so these people just decided to fuck it i'm going to burn the whole house down i get that i totally get that but now we have to wait and see what happens yeah and i guess that is um that's that's the kind of crux of it is we saw through the nomination process for both parties um this vibe of people wanting serious change. They they were Mm -hmm. the people on the Democratic side, the blue side that were supporting Bernie Sanders, who went from nowhere, an independent, a joke uh, when he announced, recently joined the Democratic Party from being an independent because he knew he couldn't get there as an independent, Uh, a socialist, a uh, self-declared socialist, like, Talk about persona non grata in the American political system, um, even though he's been a senator for, for 110 yeah. years. But the vast um, majority have never heard of him before. Yeah, coming from Vermont, you know, it's a right. fairly, fairly progressive uh, state, uh, to, to almost winning and probably would have won the Democratic primaries if the DNC hadn't fucked him. Right. Uh, so that was the first thing. You, you had this major wave of people wanting dramatic change remember obama uh eight years ago campaigned on hope and change he was going to get in there and clean out washington uh he was going to run the most transparent white house every bill was going to be put online completely transparent before it voted he was going to support whistleblowers none of that happened Uh, as soon as as soon as he got in it was it was business as usual so this whole hope and change thing people have heard it before Obama uh, really didn't deliver on any of that. So people were more, um, I guess, angry, demanding of of change. And disappointed, right. Yeah. So if it had ended up as Trump versus Bernie Sanders, a a two pro-dramatic change candidates, two outsiders, even though Bernie's been a politician for decades, he's obviously not part of the democratic establishment, not seen as part of the elite. He's a poor, angry, old white Jew, atheist Jew. Um, Larry David, basically. Larry yeah. David. But, and the other part is, I mean, his messages hasn't, his um, ideas haven't changed all that much. He was certainly about the working class or whatever. And that was one of the reasons he resonated because he's been saying this shit for years and he finally decades. had an opportunity to do it on mm. decades. He finally had an opportunity to say it on a large stage. And, and like you said, it served him well, but it was rigged against him. Trump got that right. And, you know, we can talk about. Um, 
the head of the DNC. She had to she had to get fired when she found when it was found out she was favoring Bernie, and then the woman who took her place got no, fired because she was, she was favoring Hillary. Hillary, that's right. I'm sorry, I've got all these names mixed up. And then the woman who took her place, a black lady just, that I respected up until recently. To, to tell them apart, the old Jew. Wow, right? The old balding Jew. That's Bernie. The woman. <laughs> <laughs> who looks like a Terminator with a wig on. That's Wasserman, Hillary. Wasserman. Okay, no, but yeah, I'm talking about Wasserman. But anyway. Debbie Wasserman they, Schultz, yes. Yeah, they, yeah, she had to go. And then the one who re- replaced her, she was feeding her the questions for one of the debates. So anyways, it, the whole thing was rigged against Bernie. But you're right. I think he would have made a much stronger showing if he had been allowed to compete honestly against Hillary. Well, so the, the, the point... Uh, that you made before is that a lot of people just wanted to throw a brick through the window. Or as as Michael Moore said many, many months ago when he predicted that Trump was going to win, he said there was a lot of people, particularly in the middle of America, that wanted to throw a hand grenade into the political system because no no one was paying attention. And Trump was the only candidate at the end who stood for Mm -hmm. throwing a hand grenade. Right. Uh, so the DNC, they they went with Hillary because she they, they they put up the most establishment candidate you could possibly imagine, the right. wife of a former president, um, in an anti-establishment election. They put up the <laughs> most establishment candidate you could possibly fucking think of outside of maybe Jeb Bush. Um, right. So. Complete clusterfuck. The DNC completely got it wrong. But I want to break down. I, I, I've been up all night um, uh, because of Fox fucking had night terrors at 2 a.m. Woke me up and Aww. my adrenaline was pumping. I couldn't get back to sleep. So I ended up <laughs> sitting on the lounge with my laptop and looking at the CNN exit poll data. That's what that's what you do at four o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. Not when porn. You, <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, this is my porn. Uh, exit polling data. <laughs> Why people do what they do is my uh, other is the other right. porn, you know. All right. And you were asleep anyway, or at work, so you know we we couldn't do our normal, you know, sort of Skype sex thing. So I had to go with this. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so here's the breakdown. Now this is exit polling data. It's about twenty five thousand respondents, so it may not be a hundred percent accurate, but it's it's a pretty good sample size. Yeah, snapshot. Fifty-three percent of men uh, voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Men. So, who voted for Trump? This is what we want to know. They were men. Fifty-three percent of men voted for Trump. Right. Um, in terms, if you look at age, uh, everyone over the age of forty-five. Well, fifty-three percent of the people over the age of forty-five voted for Trump. So, we're looking at middle-aged men. Mm-hmm. Uh, 58% of white voters voted for Trump. So middle-aged white men, (laughs) that's where we're going here. Ringing any any bells, Ray? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Clinton got 88% of the black vote, 65% of the Latinos, 65% of the Asian vote, 56% of other race, but only 37% of the white vote. So, mm. uh, all up, Trump cleaned up with uh, the white vote. Uh, 58 right. to 30, 58% to 37%. So, white people, man, white people love Trump. And of all age brackets, too, uh, there was this thing floating around on Reddit and Facebook yesterday showing a map of the United States and it being mostly blue and saying this was the youth vote like the 18 to 24 vote they were all they all voted democrat and they're the they're the big future of the nation um and it was bullshit because it was based on pre-election polling data not how act- what people said they were going to do not what they actually right. did and the, obviously a lot of them didn't even turn up to vote uh in the first place nearly half the country didn't even bother turning up um more than half the country didn't even bother turning up. So, uh, but if you look at the the, the age by race data, uh, for whites, 18 to 29, 48% Trump, 43% Clinton. 
So mm. it's not even the youth are the future of America because they're more progressive. The majority of the white youth voted right. for Trump. Uh, in fact, every every age bracket uh, the in the in the white category went to Trump. Uh, the older they got, the bigger the margin was. 30 to 44, it was 55% Trump, 37% Clinton. 45 to 64, it was 63% Trump to 34% Clinton, 65 and over, 58, 39. Um, she got the Latinos and the blacks again, uh, but white people mm-hmm. of all ages preferred Trump to Clinton. I, I don't think I appreciated, obviously I did not appreciate, uh, how much she is truly hated, despised, or whatever. Yes, I know she's crooked, as, as you can possibly get, and, and she's made decisions her whole life that have benefited her. I totally get that. But that she's a politician, and that's what you do. And like my argument was, I'd rather have a really good, crafty, cunning typical politician in office. If she's got to be a she-devil on wheels, I'd rather have her working for me than for somebody else. But um, that's just my opinion. But yeah, a lot of people just said, you know what, I will vote I will vote for anybody who is not her. I don't think I appreciated that. And I would love to know the percentage of people who didn't say they voted for Trump, but voted for him anyway, or just refused to talk about it, and then went into the, to the little box of the booth and voted for him anyway. I would love to know how many people just kind of kept it to themselves. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot. You know, personally, I wouldn't say I know she's crooked. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence that really convinces me either way. There's certainly been mm-hmm. a lot of scandals around her, which, right. and you know, you can often say where there's smoke, there's fire, but I haven't seen any evidence. I, I don't have a position on that. My issue with Hillary was never that she's crooked. It's always that she's pro-war. She was pro the Iraq invasion. She's right. pro. She's pro Wall Street, as is you know Bill, and she supported the the dismantlement of the Glass Steagall Act when he was president. She's pro NAFTA. She's pro free trade agreements, um, which are usually, as we've talked about on the Cold War show, uh, damaging to people in uh, developing countries. There are some. There mm. are some upsides. You know the the. People in China, people in India, a lot of them have come out of poverty, but there's a lot of downsides as well when you look at it globally. Um, so my, my issue with her as a democratic candidate has always been more that she's pro-war, pro-Wall Street, pro-fracking, uh, pro-big corporations, all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Not really a progressive candidate in my mind. She's a center-right candidate not a progressive candidate right you know when guys like markham would say well i'm a progressive democrat and i support (laughs) hillary i I kept saying no you're not a progressive democrat if you didn't support bernie in the primaries you're not a progressive democrat you're a center-right democrat so shut the fuck up right um (laughs) speaking of markham i think he's on suicide watch now um (laughs) i think i think sales of scotch in toronto have just (laughs) shot up massively Particularly around his suburb. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, back to the data here. Um, so uh, college graduates uh, ten- voted for Hillary. People with a high school or less uh, voted for Trump. So we've mm-hmm. got uneducated white middle-aged people, or just white people in general, mostly uneducated, uh, voted for Trump. Income. Now, this is the interesting thing. I've had a number of debates with people about this online uh, because I believe a lot of the backlash against the political system, as Chrissy tells me, somebody coined the term white lash, uh, right. is from people in rural and suburban areas of the United States who have been fucked over by the system in mm-hmm. the last 30 years. Uh, they've seen their manufacturing jobs disappear manufacturing's been moved offshore agricultural jobs shut down moved offshore uh they haven't been replaced with anything and these people are uh, um, genuinely angry and they deserve to be angry they've been fucked right. over by the american system the 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 chance of the american dream uh financial security all of that kind of stuff that they were taught to believe in in the 50s and the 60s uh, is gone, uh, and, yeah. and they, they 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 are right to be angry. They're, they're, <laughs> where they place their anger might be wrong, 
but they're right to be angry. There's a great book that Tony Coniston actually put me onto a few years ago called Deer Hunting for Jesus. I may have talked about it before. Terrific book. It's uh, written by a guy who was um, grew up, I think, in Virginia, um, in some bumfuck town. Was a journalist. He ended up, you know, he went to New York. Very successful journalism career, editor of some big paper or magazine. He retires in his 50s and goes back to this bumfuck town and realises how much it's changed in the last 30 years and levels of unemployment and all this kind of stuff going on, but also finds out that most of these people are diehard Republicans. And he's like, the Republicans are the ones that have fucked you over primarily, yeah. man. Like, yeah. why are you supporting them? Yeah. And, and, he, and he unpicks it by, by having discussions with people. Brilliant book. But anyway, so the low-income people now... The majority of Trump's voters earned over $50,000. People mm. earning under $50,000, most of them voted for Clinton. Uh, 52% under 50K voted Clinton, 41% Trump. Uh, but here's the thing. There was a huge swing in the lower income bracket this election away from the Democrats and towards the Republicans. It was about 10%. Trump picked up 10% more of the low income vote this year than Romney did in 2012. And Clinton had 10% lower than Obama got in 2008 and 2012. So it's not that the majority of low income voters voted for Trump, but there was a big enough swing of low-income voters mm-hmm. that, it, that it made a significant difference. Again, because they want change. They've been fucked over, and they just uh, didn't think the most establishment candidate in the country was going to really change things very much. Um, the other big thing that popped out of me in this data, Christians. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, Christians. <laughs> Guess what percentage, Ray, of evangelical uh-huh. Christians, according to this exit polling data, voted for Trump? Oh, that's easy. That's that's the easiest question you can ask me all night. Because of his multiple marriages, and he's cheated on every one of his wives, and he said horrendous things about uh, women and minorities, he got 3% of the Christians because they were so turned off. There is no fucking way in heaven they could support a pig like Trump because it goes against everything they hold most mm. dear. Mm. Yeah, uh, close, close. <laughs> uh, add 78% to that and what? Uh, you're on the money. 81% of the evangelical or born again, uh, sorry, okay. white born again or evangelical Christian vote. Uh, not the black evangelical Christians, the white evangelical Christians. Eighty-one percent went to Trump. Now, so yeah, maybe I need to read my Bible again, Ray. But I'm pretty sure. I think that, you got it backwards. That uh, the Jesus in the Bible, whether or not mm-hmm. he existed, and whether or not if he did exist, he rep- he, he was anything His like message. the way he's portrayed in the Bible. Right, right. But that message, yeah, I put that. You know. Uh, do unto others, uh, love your neighbor, uh, turn the other cheek, um, you know, suffer the poor children, the meek shall inherit the earth. Right. Um, Yeah. I I don't see Trump fitting into that mold. (laughs) No, I mean, he, he when he came to, to Liberty, which is 30 minutes from my house, Liberty University, he was speaking. He couldn't even uh, get the name of the various books of the Bible right. But, um, oh, my God, it was just so... But here's my thing. I mean, you must really hate Hillary on a personal level or you don't want a woman president or whatever it happens, but to vote for this guy to sacrifice almost all of your morals, except for maybe your economic hopes. Hell, I don't know. Um, economic uh, ideas and vote for him. And that's just another reason for me not to um, respect or take someone seriously when they say they are Christian or they have values. L- just let me give you an, uh, an example of something. I live in the, like you like to joke about, I live in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, which is a lot of Virginia. It's very beautiful here, but it is isolated. There are a, a bunch of local peoples who, uh, people who are born grow up, get married, and die within 30 miles of, of where they're born. They just don't go anywhere. It's a very common thing here. We're, you know, this is this is the country. Um, 
my mother goes to one of these churches. I wouldn't even, I don't know if I should call it a church where the church is pretty much centered around the charisma, the personality of the, of the preacher. So a really good snake sales, uh, snake snake oil salesman uh so anyway so she would come home to me in the middle of uh, this is about four years ago or five years ago she would come to me and she would say well my preacher said that obama is going to use some catastrophe to stay in power and never give it up and he's he's going to lord it over us and he's going to rise up the black people i'm like no no no. you're thinking of star wars star wars is where they you know create an emergency war a war and then they use emergency powers so she would come home and she would tell me this shit and i would just shake my head going Oh my God, I hope I'm adopted. But anyway, um, but that kind of shit would happen all the time. But these people, and I'm being very general, I get that, but, th- but these are the people who took a look at Trump for everything he's done and everything he said. And, and, and it's not conjecture. I mean, there's video, there's audio. He's, he's done all these things. And they still voted for him and they just took their values and they put them in their pocket or left them at home or whatever and voted for him. And I... I would like to think they weren't voting for him so much as voting for Hillary, but it all comes against Hillary, but it all comes down to the same fucking thing. And I am still astounded. I even got bitched out by my niece on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. Oh my God. My niece, my niece, my, my brother's in the army. His son is in the army. She's married to a a, a ranger. I totally respect that. I get that. I, I certainly respect what they do. I couldn't do it. But she, when I was joking about leaving the country, she was like, oh, my God, shut up. It's already happened. It's voted. The results are there. Get over it. I'm like, well, you're in your 20s. You don't know shit because I didn't know shit when I was in my 20s. But I'm just like, you have no idea what's coming. I mean, the world does not respect us now because we got sympathy from 9-11 and then Bush fucked all the sympathy up. And now it's going to go to a whole new level, I, in my personal opinion. So I just told her, you know, look, you're young. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm probably going to unfriend you. Uh, well, all you need to do is grab him by the pussy. Um, <laughs> she'll respect. Name. She'll respect that, then, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, I think the. And before I finish on the Christian vote, I mentioned even white yeah. evangelicals. Uh, the if if you're listening to this, going well, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not an evangelical. Uh, he got he won the Christian vote across the board. Not even um, forget evangelicals. Sixty uh, percent of Protestants, fifty two percent of Catholics, sixty one percent of Mormons, and fifty five percent of Christians uh, voted for him. And so I need someone to explain that to me. I don't get that. What else could he have done? Yeah, uh, but I think. Well, this is. The, I think it comes down to Roe versus Wade. I think it comes down to uh. abortion. Um, Christians were prepared to ignore all of his other character flaws and statements and past actions because they are obsessed with mm-hmm. uh, abortion. It's just been built into such. Uh, a trigger warning issue for them that right. they can't get beyond it. Uh, now, my question to you is, how many yes. abortions do you think women that have been in sexual relationships with Trump have yeah. had over the last 50 years? All of them who were became pregnant by Trump have had an abortion. No, I, I don't know, but I mean... It's, it, I mean, it's got to be a ton, right? You yeah. know that Trump has uh, been the uh, <laughs> guy behind many, many terminations. Um, <laughs> so the hypocrisy levels there off the charts. Man, I've I've got five or six on my name uh, under my name <laughs> at, at the very least. Um, oh my god! And I'm no Trump, man. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, shit. I don't even just go up and grab him by the pussy. Um, no. I ask for say hi. Right, yeah. right, right. It's good for you. Hey, so, I, let me um, ask. Let me yeah. ask a question because I'm a typical American, which means I do not know anything about. Which means the rest you voted the for world. Trump. Then you're a typical American. Exactly. You voted for Trump. Exactly. You're a white Hell, male. Voted- you're in the age bracket, man. <laughs> I voted for Hillary twice. Uh, no, um, I because it was rigged. I honestly don't know. I mean, in other industrialized nations, I'm assuming, and I apologize, I don't know. I'm assuming that abortion is legal. Do you know anything about other countries? Uh, yeah, it's legal pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Okay, in, so in what the countries. fuck? 
and it's has going, been for decades, I mean, decades, decades, okay. decades, decades, decades. I assume. I assume. And I just wanted like, to ask because I don't know. Well, let me let me give you an Australian perspective on a few of these things. Um, your voter turnout in this was forty nine percent. Our voter turnout in our last election was ninety four percent. Now it's oh we, we have mandatory uh, voting here, which means that six percent of people went fuck it, I'll pay the fine. <laughs> I've. I forgot to vote uh, a few years ago in an election and got the fine. Uh, it was, right. I don't know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, something like that. So it was annoying. It was like a speeding ticket, right? But I was like, right. oh, because I literally forgot. It was, we, here's the other thing. Like, our elections are on a Saturday. Um, Makes sense. I was talking to Chrissy about the difference. Like, when we vote, we, we you know, leave the house about 9.30 on a Saturday morning. We have breakfast. Oh. We have coffee. We stroll around the corner to the, the local primary school. Um, they have sausage sizzles going on out in the front yard. Wow. There's, usu- there's usually coffee carts. There's kids' arts and craft stalls and that sort of stuff going on. to make. Ra- they use it as an opportunity to raise some money for the school. We go into the school hall. There's a line, but you, you're normally in line for maybe 10 minutes uh, while you're having a coffee and a, and a sausage. And uh, you go in, you vote. It takes literally two minutes and uh, oh, you walk, you go in, they say, can we see your ID? They mark you off the register. They give you the forms. You right. tick a box, put the box in a slot, and you go home. Or you go and have another sausage and a coffee on your way out. That's it. You get a sticker to yeah. say you voted. Um, you know, it's kind of civilized. Um, now, compare that to I saw people getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, lining up for an hour outside of some fucking place in New York. It's crazy. On a Tuesday that's yeah. fucked. Also, for Americans who keep mm-hmm. talking to me about, well, the Electoral College was designed by the founding fathers <laughs> because they were fucking geniuses. And if you, if it was just left to the popular vote, oh, my God, what would happen? Hey, fucking geniuses, uh, <laughs> the rest of the developed world, we don't have anything that looks like the Electoral College and we get along just fine. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before you say, well, we're so much bigger... No, you're not. Australia is the same land mass as the continental United States, so shut the fuck up. Well, we've got 330 million people. You've only got 30 million people. A bit less, 25, 27, something like that. So what? Principle's the same, right? Uh, our people are scattered around... Yeah. The majority of the population is scattered around urban centres on the coasts. Uh, yes, there are, there are people in some states that get upset when the election doesn't go their way and all that kind of stuff, but bottom line is... The rest of the developed world survives with the popular vote. Uh, we don't have anything remotely close to an electoral college. It's an archaic bullshit system that you guys need to fucking get over yourselves and uh, get into the 21st century. Anywho, um, let me yeah, let me just tell you my voting experience. So I had to I had to leave. I had to get up earlier than normal. I had to leave earlier than normal because I wanted to vote in the morning before I go to work. So I do that. I'm leaving like 10, 15 minutes earlier. So I'm trying. I can't do my normal routine. I can't wake up my kids. Heather's got to do everything for the day. She's really pissed. So I go there. Didn't I vote. I've got to wait. Off before you I go didn't. To work. Well, you got to have priorities. I certainly, of course, I did that. Um, and then I go to work. I'm like two minutes late for work. I thought I'd planned it out. I get attitude. I'm like, hey, I was voting. They're like, just sit down and do your job. I'm like, so I'm getting attitude for, for that. And so, yeah, if they could put it on a Saturday, if they could organize it so much better i think some countries might do it more than one day i'm not sure but yeah it could be a lot better here and so it's again it's an idea it's a theory but the practice is it's very inconvenient for the very people they're bitching about who don't vote enough because they're making it really hard for us to vote and hey maybe that's the idea yeah and look i'm not trying to portray australia as a utopia we don't have gay marriage yet we don't have legalization of marijuana yet but generally not either soon but well, that's right. All of that stuff might get rolled back. But generally speaking, when you look at the surveys, the global surveys that get done about how happy people are, countries are, quality of life wise, all that kind of stuff, uh, it's usually Scandinavian countries up the top of the list, and Australia's mm-hmm. normally somewhere in the top ten. Um, I, I think you'll find that Australians are much happier in terms of their our way of life than. Americans generally are. Um, that isn't to say we haven't also voted for a complete tools. We had a complete tool as prime minister for 18 months, a couple of years ago. Um, uh, we've had a series of complete tools, actually. But um, 
you know, I, I think you probably can learn a few things by looking around the world and, and the, just trying to create systems that encourage, I mean, even if you don't make it mandatory, encourage people to vote by making it easier for them to vote. Uh, just, I want to run through some more data. Um, mm-hmm. When did you decide your presidential vote? As you said, people who decided uh, in the last couple of weeks tended to go to Trump. Last few days, 46% Trump, 44 Clinton. Last week, 50% Trump, 38% Clinton. In October, 51% Trump, 37% Clinton. And that it was late October when the Comey FBI, uh, you know, uh, last minute thing came out. I think that was only 10 mm-hmm. days out before the election, which would have made it very late October. Right. <clears throat> In September, 50% said Trump, 46% said Clinton. Before September, 52% Clinton, 45% Trump. So a lot of people said that they made their decision for Trump um, from September onwards. It's around the times of the debates, also a lot of the people who voted for Trump said they the debates didn't matter, didn't mean anything, were irrelevant right. in their decision. Um, so I don't know what to take away from that. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of Democrats on my Facebook feed <coughs> seem to think that if it hadn't been for the Comey uh, FBI email thing happening late that... Clinton would have won. I genuinely think that's horseshit. Yeah, um, I disagree strongly with that. I think the the email and, and look, I th- and my position on the email thing is it is dirty, it is smelly. Um, even mm-hmm. though the FBI haven't brought charges, look, this this is my view of it. The I'm, I'm not saying whether or not using a private email server was right or wrong. I, I'm, I'm not going to take a position on that. It seems right. risky as a, as a, somebody who's been in IT for 20 years. I would say it's that's an incredibly stupid thing <laughs> to do. And I know that previous uh, secretaries of state, defence, uh, had done that. That doesn't excuse it. If they all, as my dad would have said, if they all jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? <laughs> Right. Um, learn from them. Yeah. And I know that uh, government uh, IT departments are probably bureaucratic and slow and, and difficult and it might have been quicker and easier to set up. Again, okay, but still, stupid, careless and stupid. The big thing for me has always been, though, after the FBI said they were going to investigate her private email server, mm-hmm. her staff deleted 33,000 emails before the FBI mm. got to look at what was on the server. Now they said, well, that's just private stuff. How do we know? How do we know <laughs> what they deleted? We're going right. to take her word on it? Like, really? Now, no. if you had nothing to hide, it's not like these emails were going to be plastered all over the New York Times, although Julian Assange probably would have got his hands on them, uh, or Putin. Uh, right. They were going to the FBI. Now... Either she doesn't trust the FBI with her private emails or there was something in those emails they didn't want the FBI to see. I mean, if, if you're guilt, if you're innocent right, and the FBI in, announced that they're going to come and investigate you, you don't go and destroy 50% <laughs> of your it's documents. It's not a good look. No, right. it's not. Like, even if you are innocent, you don't do that. It's yeah, like... Certainly you don't, yeah. It's like... You know, the the FBI busting down the door of your apartment and there's a big fire going on in your fireplace and you and them say, no, them announcing they think you've got drugs in the house. They're going to come and bust down your door. When they get there, you, there's a big, you know, you, you're burning a whole stack of papers and things on your floor. It's just not a good look. If you're innocent, you right. go, hey, come in, turn over the fucking couch, man. I got right. nothing to hide. You. you just yeah. don't do like. Just for the optics of that, you just don't do it. Like if I was part of the advisory team for Clinton's campaign and and the FBI investigate, I would have been going, hey, look, we got nothing to hide. Let them come in yeah. and look at everything. You just we got some don't. Big jokes, we got if some you porn, do that, yeah. you look guilty, whether you are and that's or all not. The Republicans you look needed. Guilty. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so, so, so yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I want to talk about once, uh, just real quick, I don't know how long you want to do this, but I want to talk about uh, after January 20th, 2017. 
Yes. I don't, I don't want to. I mean, we're talking. We're talking uh, the Affordable Let, Health Care Act. Let's, let's hold let, on. Let me go through some more data first. And yeah. We'll get to that. Please. Please. Um. So anyway, my, my thing is people that are blaming. Like, and oh, fuck it, I posted this thing the other day on Facebook. The the Democrat, and this was before the election. The Democrats that are still in denial about Clinton, the ones who keep saying she is the most qualified candidate in history, and uh, says she's completely clean. She's like this super fucking Virgin Mary deified, uh, holier than thou person, and, and they they're blaming it on everybody else. They're blaming it on. People who voted third parties, the FBI, the Republican vast right-wing conspiracy, the media, blah, blah, blah. They remind me of the the, uh, the, the communists in the Western countries in the late 40s, 50s, particularly in the 50s after Stalin died and the full extent of his uh, purges became known mm. in the West after... Uh, they were sort of made public <clears throat> by Khrushchev, um, and they, you know, they were in denial. It's a vast conspiracy, blah 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 blah. It's the same sort of mindset. Now, the analogy has weaknesses, obviously, as most analogies do. But it's this mindset that, that I tell you, who else it reminds me of? It reminds me of. Um, I've been reading a book about this uh, recently. Um, when you know, you have these doomsday cults. And they believe mm-hmm. that the earth's going to be destroyed, but the mothership's going to come down and collect them at midnight. <laughs> and right. I, I'm reading this book uh, by Cialdini on um, Cialdini, Biel, uh, fucking whatever his name is. Uh, he's talking about a, a cult, this is a couple of decades ago, that was infiltrated by a couple of journalists who um, wanted to be there uh, on the big day to see what happened on the inside. <laughs> So midnight, right. they, they think they're going to get taken up by the spaceship at midnight. Midnight comes, no spaceship. They're all going, well, maybe maybe our watches are slow. And then they wait 15 minutes, still don't get picked up. And they go, oh, maybe it's maybe it's midnight on the East Coast. So that that's what they meant when they told us midnight. So we'll have to wait a few hours. They wait a few hours, still doesn't come. And then uh, I think in this case, it was a husband and wife team that were leaders of the cult. And she was like getting telepathic messages in a gobbledygook language from the mothership that he would then translate. And she starts going, and he goes, oh, they've said that um, because of our strong faith, they've decided to spare the human race. Uh, So congratulations, everybody. But they are going to come back. They're going to give us another year or something like that. Now, you would expect most people in the room to go, fucking bullshit. (laughs) Now, these journalists said that one or two people out of like 100 did that. The rest doubled down with their belief. Yes. Because it's such a... Because our ability as humans to admit that we were wrong, to admit that we've made a mistake, to admit that there's a flaw in our reasoning, to admit that we were hoodwinked, it's right. very, very difficult for people. Look, I've seen this, you know, we've done our Three Illusions show and I've, I've been talking to people about free will for 25 years, as you know, and I will lead them through the basic science. Decisions are thoughts. Thoughts are properties of the brain. The brain is made of chemicals. Chemicals obey the laws of chemistry. Therefore, decisions are governed by the laws of chemistry. You don't have any free will. And nearly everybody who I go through this with over the last 25 years goes, look, I totally accept what you just said. You're right. However. <laughs> Not me. However, I still feel like I have free will. I'm good, but we just agreed. <laughs> you agree with me, right? It's all chemistry. Yes, I agree with you. It's all chemistry. But you know, because it's such yeah. a big part of their identity and how they see themselves they they, yeah. they struggle to let go of that, even when presented with with evidence to the contrary. Um, and it's, you see the same thing with religious people, and this is the, the the god of the gap stuff. People will go, okay, well maybe there is evolution, and maybe the Big Bang did happen, and maybe science is governed by the laws of physics and the laws of chemistry. However, <laughs> I still think maybe in there somewhere there might be, you know, room for God. They just can't go, fuck it, you know, let's let's right. let it go. Same thing with these Democrats that are absolutely wanting to blame anything and everything apart from Hillary and the DNC. 
Anyway, but um, you just told us who who his fault it is. It's the white people. White, yeah, white Christians, man. White Christians. But, um, and, and just let me finish on the data. So, most important <laughs> issue facing the country: people who voted for Trump thought immigration and terrorism were the most important things. Um, mm. Now, not a, not the economy. People who thought it was the economy voted for Clinton. People who thought foreign policy voted for Clinton. Now, here's the thing. I've had this debate with Chrissy over the last couple of days. She's going, well, everyone who voted for Trump is a racist. Um, I would like to posit the argument that... Right. Look, there, there, there are some people that are racist. Um, uh, and, and racism is, is natural. Let me say that. Uh, hu- the, the human race over the evolution of our species had very good reasons to be xenophobic, to believe that the tribe mm-hmm. over the hill was inferior and dangerous to our tribe because they were usually mm-hmm. at war. They were fighting over limited resources in a hunter-gathering society. Even beyond that, they as we developed dangerous. agriculture. Exactly right. And if you didn't believe that the tribe over the hill was dangerous, you'd probably get killed by them. And so, and, and then your, your genetic predisposition to seeing the good in everybody uh, was uh, uh, not passed on because you were dead to other generations. Evolution would probably uh, prefer or support the people who were terrified of the uh, tribe over the hill or, or around the corner. So they got to pass on that xenophobia to the the next generation. So it's, there are right. good reasons for that um, going back, and it's and it's. It's hardwired into our brain. Now, of course, in this day and age, uh, enlightened people, progressive people, well-educated people don't believe that anymore. We don't believe that blacks or yellows or greens or purples are inferior or superior to whites in any way, right. shape or form. They, they don't have less propensity for, for education, for intelligence, for intellect, all that kind of stuff. We believe that... Fuck it, we all came out of Africa. If you go back far enough, right. we're all we're all pretty much the same. Yeah, what, black men have bigger dicks, and but other uh, than that, other than that, you know, we're all pretty much the same. Now, <laughs> now, and white men eat pussy better. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's how we make up for it. I don't know. Scientific fact. But I I, I tend to believe that in this day and age particularly when you have white people that are racist, xenophobic, it's, it's based on fear. And it, and it has been mm-hmm. to a large extent for a long time. It, it, their fear is that their jobs are going, that mm-hmm. immigrants are coming in and taking their jobs, being willing to work for less money, uh, that they're bringing their beliefs their religions with them that's going to change the society uh that i feel comfortable with uh i don't know what that means for my future uh so it's 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 based not on uh an innate feeling or sense of superiority which it used to be back in the days of slavery and segregation Mm -hmm. i think in the united states there was an inherent belief on behalf of the white population that you were inherently superior to the darkies Mm-hmm. And, and in Australia, same with the Aboriginals, and we had uh, Islanders come out here that were slaves, and uh, Asians at different stages. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just the US, but it's, it's. Um, I, I think that inherent feeling of white superiority is mostly gone. There are probably still pockets of it, um, but it's mostly gone. But it, it's been replaced by a fear, which again mm. is is kind of natural. Uh, it, 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 it's something that humans have had bred into us this fear of the other but in in western countries it's this fear that immigrants are going to change it means i'm going to lose my job and it means it might the the the, the culture is going to change and that scares the fuck out of a certain kind of person some of us embrace change and go yeah change is great other people are terrified by change because they don't know what it means for them they feel they they don't feel like they have the ability to cope with change intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and they don't feel they're being looked after. They don't feel like, well, okay, 
yes, maybe my job's going to go away or there'll be downwards pressure on my income, but the government's going to look out for me. I'm going to be reskilled in something else. I'm going to be supported right. in this way or the other way. They don't have that feeling that it's going to be okay. Even if things are going to change, things are going to be okay. They're terrified by the direction. And it and it comes out as sexism. Oh, my God, a woman president. Racism. Oh, my God, a black president. Oh, my God, immigrants. Oh, my God, immigrants are all terrorists. I, I think those things are, are um, symptoms of on underlying uh, psychological and emotional distress. Mm. How does that sound to you, live, coming from Virginia? Does that make oh, sense? Ab- well, hell, I can do better than Virginia. I am originally from Charleston, South Carolina. And the idea of losing our culture, of not being the dominant culture, of not uh, of losing our, our um, just it, it, our dominant culture, really be, being the ones in charge, we are just so afraid to give up power to some other group or, or maybe a group that is part us, part them. Um, we just, we absolutely fear that. I mean, we're the, uh, what's his name? Shoot. The guy, the young kid who shot the people in the black church in, in North Charleston in South Carolina. My mom used to be a cop in that very neighborhood. I mean, we just absolutely fear losing control, losing the reins. And we see that we, we, we feel that we have to do almost anything to keep it, keep the power with us. Because I think one of the feelings is, we weren't very nice to other people when we were in control. Maybe they won't be nice to us <laughs> yeah. when they're in control. And and that is and I and I'm saying that in a joking, tongue in cheek way, but in, in South Carolina where I was raised and parts of Virginia that I've been, that is a very real real thought. Uh, actually sometimes it's said out loud, but that we just absolutely afraid of um the payback that we might get. And so we're willing to do almost anything to make sure that we're always going to be uh, politically or in what other way dominant. I think uh, that sort of fear of uh, payback when the shoe's on the other foot is probably part of it too. You're right. A couple more data points I wanted to talk about. I know this is getting long, man. It's like an hour longer than I thought we'd go on for. Um, (laughs) Uh, which candidate quality mattered most? The people who thought the candidate could bring change, 83% voted for Trump. They got that right. Only 14% of people who thought the candidate, who thought Clinton would bring change. Now, again, as I said earlier, this is the big one in, a, in an election that was all about voter anger and frustration at their lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton just wasn't perceived as somebody who could bring change. Now, imagine how Bernie would have gone up against that. Bernie was all about yeah. change. Um, Absolutely. Illegal immigrants, uh, the Mexican border. Ah, here's the other one I want to talk about. Financial situation compared to four years ago. Of people who feel they are worse today than they were four years ago, 78% voted for Trump. Damn. So people who feel like the system has failed them economically, mm-hmm. financially, wanted change, and they voted for the change maker. Uh, the, well, the person they perceive to be the change maker anyway. So again, these are the big issues that Bernie was talking about from day one, and the Democrats just fucking blew it. They ignored it. They blew it massively. People wanted change. People were scared. And... Um, yeah, I, well, again, that's absolutely true. I mean, you want change. He's certainly going to bring change. But let me, I just have to compare that, compare and contrast that there was a 45 second video on the Huffington Post. And it started out with something like Trump's VC, his resume. And it pretty much said he went to this military college he went to this other school, dropped out, and went to another school. I think he got a degree, uh, started working at his dad's company. I mean, hey, why wouldn't you? Uh, opened up his own company, and then it showed a bunch of buildings with the Trump on it. Hosted the Miss America, uh, uh, Miss Universe, what the fuck it is, I don't know. Uh, something about women in bikinis. Um, did The Apprentice, and then it faded away. I mean, those are his qualifications. He's, I don't know how many times he's gone bankrupt. I don't know how much money he's lost or whatever. All the people that he's stiffed and the women that he's grabbed. But the point is... I don't think he's gone bankrupt. I think his companies have gone into liquidation, but I don't think he's there. We are okay, right. Okay, yeah, so I apologize. Yeah, but the point is, I mean, those are his qualifications. 
And if, if they're just looking for change from him, they're going to get it. I don't know if it's going to be the change that they really want. I'm just, again, trying to picture a billionaire giving a shit about Bubba in Arkansas. I just can't yeah, make the connection. I just cannot no, make it. I don't expect him to care about me, much less someone who still wears overalls, drives a truck, and that still has a mullet or the rat tail. There are people in Virginia that still have rat tails. But anyway, uh, mm. I just can't picture him trying to improve their lot in life. He doesn't even know that they exist or cares, except for on Election Day. But neither does Clinton. Honestly. Well, no, I know. That was I know, their, perception. No. their perception. And I would be was... making this argument if she'd mm. won. Yeah, absolutely. And then the final data point I wanted to pull out is area type. Uh, 59% of people who lived in urban areas voted for Clinton versus 35% Trump. But when you get to suburban, it's 50% Trump, 45% Clinton. When you get to rural, 62% Trump, 34% Clinton. So, again, people in the rural heartland uh, of America, they've just seen their towns uh, eviscerated. Uh, over the last post Reagan, you know, uh, really, um, yeah. as the manufacturing jobs have dried up, agriculture's dried up, they've been forgotten about, they've been ignored. You know, you go and watch some then of the Michael. big crash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the crash, the GFC, the big banks got bailed out, General Motors got bailed out. But uh, the the people in the Midwest didn't get bailed out. They just got yeah. left to fucking, you know, hang, hanging in the wind, blowing in the wind. I still don't understand that. I mean, yeah, because I, I read the book. Um, shit, I, re- I watched that movie, whatever it was. It was a horrible movie, but the book was good. Uh, that explained the 2008 crash. Um, I get that. And they bailed out all these companies. I get that. But how could the government not go? This is the largest economic f- fall since the Great Depression, how could we not come up with massive long-term assistance, whether it's something you don't have to pay your house payment or whatever, or jobs or whatever? I don't, I still do not get how the government did not do more or at least attempt more. It just said, yeah, everybody's credit is now ruined because a lot of you are going to lose your jobs. You're going to be living off your credit cards and then you're going to lose your house anyway. I mean, that happened to a lot of people that I know. And they're the ones who are supposed to individually pick themselves up make everything better, get their credit back on track, and then go on with their lives like nothing happened when it wasn't their fault. That just still, to this day, astounds me that they were just left hanging in the wind, and I to- and I was one of them, and I totally get their anger. But the CEO of Goldman Sachs got a $25 million bonus. Fuck. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that's the end of my data points. Uh, fascinating. Uh, as we said at the beginning of this, it's uh, a major event in our lifetimes. And fuck, man, like who knows what's going to happen from here? The only, the only good thing yet to come out of it is I'm pretty yeah. sure Chrissy's going to stop pressuring me to move back to the United <laughs> States, at least while Trump is president. <laughs> She's been putting the hard word on me about that ever since she moved here, and I agreed that I'd do it, but uh, never wanted to because I've been saying for eight years look, look, don't get me wrong, there's lots of things I love about America. I love going and visiting, Uh, I love the people, uh, most of them, a lot of them, some of them, couple, you, really. Um, No. Thank you. You know, I, I love. The national parks, I love... There's a lot to admire. I love the, 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 the particularly the Mexican cuisine uh, down yeah. around Utah Way. I love, I love a lot about going to America. And there was a time in my life when I was in my 20s when I wanted to live there, tried to get a job over there with Microsoft, got offered one, turned it down, but still. Um, but I, just for the last 10 or 15 years, I, I felt that it's spiraling out of control and the tensions are rising, the divisions are rising. And Chrissy and I have been together eight years and I've said to her all the time, look, uh, yeah, if you really insist we move back to the US when my older boys are, you know, finish school, I will do it. But it's it's just getting crazier and crazier over there, man. I think it's getting yeah. crazier every every couple of years. It just seems to go to a new notch of tension and craziness. And, you know, she would sometimes agree with me, sometimes argue with me, but um, I think this has finally <laughs> convinced her that uh, it's, not a, it's not a place you want to move back to once you've escaped 
Yeah, and I I just think, uh, and this has been on the news, and so certainly nothing new coming from me, but there is just more separation now, there seems to be, than ever before. Men versus women, blacks versus whites, uh, whites versus practically everybody, the various religions, uh, Americans versus other uh, people of other countries, and all that kind of stuff. There just seems to be such a divide between all of us now. I just can't. I can't imagine it getting in a be- any better, and I imagine the movement that you've been talking about, the shifting, if you will, is just going to continue. Um, there's just so there's just so many gaps in between us now. We uh, we stick with our own little group of people to hell with everyone else, especially if they look different than me. And I just don't see Trump reversing that course in uh, any meaningful way. Before we wrap up, you wanted to talk about what happens after inauguration day. Well, I mean, we can we can do it later. We actually wait to watch it happen. But I mean, you've got the Supreme Court, you've got uh, you've got uh, gay marriage, you've got uh, Obamacare, you know, you've got all the stuff, um, abortion, like you were talking about. I mean, they they can now go after everything, and and I I just don't know what's going to happen. I find it really interesting that Trump wants to. Um, spend a lot of money repairing the infrastructure in America, which if you live here, you know it desperately is needed. But the Republicans just aren't willing to spend that kind of money. They haven't been able, they haven't been willing to do it under Obama for the last eight years. I wonder if they're going to do it under Trump. Uh, but the, So there are some differences between Trump and the Republican Party. But here, I just want to end on this. We don't have to go into all that because it's already been an hour. For the last eight years, the Republicans have stymied Obama every single step of the way. And now they're the ones saying, okay, look, this is over. It was ugly. I'm sorry, but it's over. We all now need to come together and make this country great again. What the hell are the Democrats or the people, um, liberals, whatever you want to call them, how are they supposed to respond to that? <laughs> well, but the, the Republicans, the GOP controls both houses and the Supreme Court, as you said, So, and the White House, obviously. So they don't need the Democrats right. for the next two years anyway. And this was the same situation, let's remember, that Obama was in in 2008. When he came in, it was a clean sweep. He controlled Mm -hmm. both houses. He could have, in theory, got anything done in that couple of years. I know there's the whole idea of the supermajority and that kind of stuff, but I think he had the ability to get anything done, and he did nothing. And back at the time, I was saying to my Democrat friends over there, what the fuck is he doing? And they kept saying to me, well, you know, he wants to be... He wants to unite both sides. He doesn't want to do anything and upset the Republicans. He's trying to get everybody on the same page. I keep saying he's only got two years. Then you're going to have the midterms. Historically speaking, there's going to be a a swing back in the midterms. He's going to lose one or both, and then you're fucked. Then he can't get anything done for the next six years. No, 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 no. He knows what he's doing. He's a professional, darling. He knows what's going on. (laughs) And then for the next six years, they go, fucking Republicans, we can't get anything through. He, you know, they, Obama wants to do all this cool shit. He would do this cool shit, but they won't let him do any cool shit. I'm like, he had his right. chance, motherfuckers. He had a two-year window. And now, admittedly, I will say this admittedly, he was trying to pull the country out of the global financial crisis. So, yes, yeah. okay, I will admit that that was probably important and a priority and, and, and probably uh, took a lot of time and focus and energy. But... The point is that uh, Trump now has not only did the GOP control the every uh, uh, component right. of your government system, judicial, legislative, and executive, but he also fucking like the GOP. He stuck it up their asses, man. They, I mean, if they turn around and go, well, we don't agree with this or that, or we don't think we should, we're not going to support you. Trump owns their asses, man. He, yeah. they tried to stop him winning the Republican primary. He won anyway. <laughs> then they tried yeah. to stop him winning the White House, the Republican leadership. Never, mm-hmm. hashtag never Trump, all that kind of shit. And he still won. And yeah. with no money. And <laughs> just on the pure, uh, just on pure fucking, I don't know. Resent, just, resentment, anger of the people. But he, here's my here's my point to, to counter that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, and, and to add on to what you said, not only do they control everything, but the economy is obviously much better than when Obama came in. But here's my thing. I don't think Obama would have spent his first two years, and I'm, I don't know for a fact that Trump 
is going to do this, but I don't think Obama would have spent his first two years maybe going after uh, homosexuality, uh, Obamacare, if you know, if it had been whatever. Uh, what was he going to do with uh, immigration, building the wall, all that shit? So I don't think uh, Obama would have, if someone had con- gave him a crystal ball and said, don't waste your two years. I don't think he would have done all those things that I think most, most of us would not agree with, but it's yet to be seen what Trump is going to do with his first two years. Is he going to lead or is he going to go after people? Well, only time will tell. Well, that's my rant. Um, I, I partly apologize, but partly I just think, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, listen, I needed to get that off my chest, kids, and uh, I um, I hope you're still listening. You, thanks. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I just wanted to rant to Ray about it. You guys just get to listen in. Um, <laughs> uh, like fucking good luck, everyone, particularly American yeah. our American uh, listeners. Good yes. luck. I mean, this affects all of us. Uh, you know, obviously, that's Absolutely. why I pay so much attention to American politics because it affects the entire world. We now have a crazy man. Uh, in the White House, well, he will be in January with the nuclear codes, um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and also and a Twitter account, the commander in chief of the biggest army, uh, Air Force, Navy, the biggest military that the world mm-hmm. has ever seen. He got a crazy man. Um, so nice work, America. Um, and again, if you're one of the people going, hey, I didn't vote for him, I voted for Hillary. Yeah, but you know, if you're fucking part of the DNC establishment. If you supported Hillary's candidacy, the Democratic primaries, then you're as much to blame, I think, as the fucking people who voted yeah. for Trump. Mm. Anyway. And we're not even going to mention all the future court cases that Trump has to appear in in the next couple of months. <laughs> the right trial. <laughs> yeah, we'll worry about that later. Yeah. So Chrissy said to me, what happens if he goes to jail for rape? I go, well, Pence becomes president. <laughs> she said, I don't know. I don't know which is worse, Trump or Pence. <laughs> Pence thinks you can counsel someone and and help them with their get over their homosexuality. Well, I tried that with you in Vegas, man, and um, I you, no, you, you no, said, Hold you on, said just, let's do it a whole bunch of times. Just, and you'll get tired of it. You said, <laughs> just let me take you won't want to be your dick you. out of my mouth so I can say something, um, so I can understand you. Uh, <laughs> all right, and we're out on that high note. See the hour, don't get caught in four towers, slice and burn, return, listen to yourself churn, lock it in, uniform and book, burn it, black